Episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website, www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. The best-selling big truck in Australia isn't American or European, not even Japanese. It's international, designed and built in Australia. A truck made for Australia with the best of European comfort and American power and ruggedness. International, the best-selling big truck in Australia every year for the last 10 years, has a special edge of trucks that aren't born and bred here. Staying power. Thanks for joining me for another episode. We're all still in lockdown, and this week's episode came about thanks to an Instagram virtual truck show hosted by Ben and John from Classic Pickup Supplies and Pickup Trucks Down Under which is an Aussie and New Zealand-specific Instagram page. Tony Otto won a prize for his build, and that was being featured on the podcast. There's no Chevs and no Fords this week. It's all about the international harvester this episode. Big thanks to everyone who is listening and giving me feedback. I'm working to improve the audio. I just have to find a way to shut the crickets up. So far, this podcast is continuing to grow in downloads. We've had listeners in Australia, New Zealand, USA, Canada, Ireland, England, Spain, Italy, Germany, Poland, Sweden, the Philippines, Japan, and India. It's amazing. So please continue to tell your friends and like and share and rate the podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. Tony, thanks for coming on board on the podcast. It's uh, it's great to have uh, an international builder on board. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. That's good. Now. Um, we had a really interesting weekend last weekend. Um, the guys at Pickup Trucks Down Under and Classic Pickup Supplies put together a bit of a ISO truck show, they called it, for all of us at the moment that are kind of stuck in isolation. And uh, it turned out to be a really great event. Yeah, it was. It was great. Yeah, all the trucks from Australia and New Zealand was pretty, pretty good. A lot of um, yeah. eye-opening because a lot of them you don't see. Yeah, it sort of amazes you how many vehicles there are like that here in Australia and New Zealand. Like, I think they, there was over a thousand um, photos that were tagged over the weekend, so it was great. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Now we um we've been a little bit uh, Chevy and Ford heavy so far on the podcast, so I um I was pretty happy when you when you won uh, your most unique uh, category in the uh, in the truck show and. Uh, big shout out to uh, Zach Todd at 54 Customs for being part of that as well. So, Tony, why don't you just start off, uh, give us a bit of a background on yourself and, and how you sort of got into cars and trucks. What, do you remember your first automotive memory? Uh, yeah, it was probably um, my grandfather. He's, 
he's gone now, but he yeah, years ago he had a couple of decent cars. Uh, one that I remember, he had a, a Centura. Not that everyone likes Centuras, but it was a bit memorable for me. It was a metallic blue, had the bone uh, vinyl roof. It was a GL, had the bone interior, uh, 245 Hemi, the auto, bucket uh, seats. Yeah, it was a pretty cool car. Um, had a bit of grunt for back then. Well, I thought I was only, only young and um, sort of got me into it. And then his shed was just, yeah, he had in the war and that he was a bridge builder and he worked on um, army trucks and stuff. So he had a lot of things in his shed going on now and again. And um, yeah, sort of, sort of got me into building sort of things. And then, yeah, I sort of got into car magazines and then went to a couple of shows. And that sort of got me into, well, Holden's really to start with. Um, little did I know I'd go towards Valiance later on, but yeah, first, first I'll start in the Holden's. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And, what, and was your old man into it as well, or did it jump a generation? No, nah, he did have a uh, V8 HQ, but just a stocker. Um, but he didn't really, he, he was more, he's a farmer, more into, um, cattle and and horsepower than <laughs> than cars so he didn't really um yeah what what was the first car that that you bought um it was a fe holden ute it was um pretty basic thing had mag wheels on it but it still the old gray motor three-speed crash box um i mucked around with it a little bit put um a couple of carbies on it um tried to paint it myself i thought i knew everything about painting um but i didn't <laughs> It didn't um, come out the best. Um, yeah, so it didn't. Uh, I only had it for a couple of years, and then I got an FC sedan. A guy had um, had it painted and rebuilt interior and all that, and he had a six-cylinder red motor in it with a four-speed gearbox. But he kept that for his next project, so I just bought mainly the rolling shell. Well, the rolling car interior and everything in it, just less motor and box. And he. Um, yeah, did a pretty good job of it. I don't know. I think he got someone to do most of the work on, on it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty well done. Uh, it was um, Statesman DeVille Blue, which is a metallic sort of a darkish blue, um, FC Holden, and it was, um, yeah, pretty neat car. I put a grey motor back in it. with a. I used a four-speed out of a Tirana, I think it was, but, yeah, out of a red motor, so I bought the... The old Jaws um, joiner that they used to make back in the day. And I put a few trick things on the old grey motor. had a couple of uh, Rondor headers on it, Hitachi twin barrel carbies on it. Um, and, yeah, yellow terror head, a bit of a cam. But, yeah, wasn't too bad. They don't go like the grey motors they go today, but they, it was still not a bad car. And then yeah, that's from there I went into HQs, yep. And, and and what were you doing with these cars? Were you, were you doing any racing or just a bit of street cruising or, or what was the go back then? Well, back then I got into a car club, so it was mainly car shows. Didn't really do too much racing and did a bit of cruising, but not too much racing, sort of just yeah, in the car show stuff. There was a, up in Kingaroy, there was a club back then called the Southbound Streeters. And, um, yeah, they're pretty good guys because 
yeah, all of them were either building cars or they were in like they were panel beaters or mechanics. So and in uh, interior trimmers. So they um yeah was pretty knowledgeable just talking to them and hanging out with them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds good. So you grew up on the Sunshine Coast up up in the hinterland there. Uh, South Burnett, Kingaroy area, which is yep. peanut country. Yep. Yeah, where Joe used to come from when he was alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. And so, so when did you first get the inclination that um, you know you, you wanted to sort of build something from the ground up? Um, was was Cletus your first real build? No, I had a um, HQ Statesman back in. Uh, in late 80s, would have been about my third or fourth car. Yeah, it was a total strip down and rebuild. Um, I didn't actually paint that one, but I did pretty well nearly everything else. Um, yeah, it was a nice car. It was in, um, I had it in the Brisbane Hot Rod Show around about that time. I don't know what year it was. It was in the 80s, late 80s. And um, we had the club, a couple of cars from the South Burnt Streeters were there. Um, had a hot rod and a, a GT Falcon, an XW, and um, yeah, it was a pretty nice car. It was just done in a white, white, um, just a straight white repeat two-pack, and um, just had the velour interior back in the day <laughs> when you had velour. And um, yeah, it's a 350 Chevy, which I bought off a fella in Toowoomba. He was out of a ex- sort of half race car. It was um, Murray Jacket was his name. He had a 56 Chevy, a yellow one. Uh, it was the motor and box out of that. Put in a... So it went all right. I had to do a couple of races in that one. We used to cruise down to the drags at uh, Surface Paradise back in the day and then used to hang around Redcliffe a little bit. Um, had a couple of street races there. And, um, yeah, it did all right. It wasn't a bad car. It had a two-speed paraglide, so do 65 mile an hour first. So it wasn't too bad. Everyone was changing gears and I was still going, so yeah. <laughs> and then after that, I built a HQ sedan. Nice. And then, and then you said you you went from Holden over to Valiant. Yes. Yeah. I had a couple of um, places. I had a. I don't know if you know about the track pack that had an E31, E34, and E35 in the pacer. That was our four-door VG. Um, I had an E31 that was fully rebuilt. Um, yeah, I did that one and. It was a numbers matching car, big tank, a 36 gallon tank in the boot. Um, had the track back option, um, the stripes on the side and over the boot. And um, yeah, it was a real nice car. Um, the only thing that held them back was the three speed. They had to wait for the charges to get the four speed. So, but they, the old Hemis, they seemed to have a fair bit of torque down low. And um, yeah, it. Went to Taree, fellow down there, bought it, and now I think it's in New Zealand. It's still going, that car. Yeah, that's cool. It's it's uh, it's fun to be able to keep track of some of the old cars you've had, isn't it, if you get the opportunity to see them pop up every now and then? Yeah, yeah. A couple of mine are still going, which is good. So, yeah. But a couple of them have been written off as well, which, um, yeah. yeah. Bit of a funny story on one of them that the Statesman, the fellow that bought it, he um yeah, he took it for a drive from the from one car yard, I think it was at when he when he got it. And he yeah, he wrapped it around a tree before he even bought it, I think. So 
it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Short life. So what what was yeah. what was your trade growing up? Were you, were you in the automotive trade or was it just a hobby? Uh, chippy. Yeah, I mean, it was a chippy, so that was my trade. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'm not doing that at the moment. I'm just a glass and aluminium fitter. So it's sort of, yeah. Worked out well for the for the truck that I just that I just sold. I did all the glass in it through the work, so yeah, yeah it's good to. But it would have been good to get in the mechanical side. Let's let's talk about that. So that's a nineteen fifty three AR one ten international. Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah. So, tell us a bit about. It was the original jersey. Yeah, it was. I uh, had a two four five Hemi in it. Um, auto, uh, it was original chassis, it was Jag, um, XJ6, uh, Series 2, front and rear end. Uh, they virtually the right width for those trucks. The, the front end sort of tucks in a bit, which is good for the, for the Jag suspension. And, um, yeah, I had it, I did it steering column straight to the Jag. Um, no, no modifications needed for that. Straight to the Jag steering. Um, shaft and um, yeah it was all engineered um, yeah put electric windows in it one piece side glass um, Woolwood uh, gauges in the dash which like look similar to the old international with the four in one same as the early Chevy's Chevy pickups and yeah, it was a nice truck nice to ride in a bit different than when it was when it was original yeah, so was that was that a farm fresh truck or, or how was it when you got hold of it? Yeah, it was my old man's. I remember driving around the paddock when I was twelve, that one. Um but yeah, it wasn't a real good truck in its day, like when the old man got it. He um I think he got it from his uncle or my uncle, sorry. And um yeah it wasn't yeah, going the best when he got it, so yeah. But um we used to drive around the paddock and hit things and whatever, yeah. <laughs> it's mainly the stock, really. It <laughs> just hit something so you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, if you hit something hard enough, you'll stop. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So yeah. pretty solid, I'll cut them things. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's on it's so, the Sunshine Coast now. I just sold that one. Yeah, and did you did you have to shorten that chassis up or notch it or anything or or what no, size truck no, was it originally? It's just yeah, just the one ten, just a small uh, hundred and there must be hundred and ten inch wheelbase. I think they were from memory, but yeah, it could be wrong. Um, yeah, no, it was just original rails and this yeah didn't notch it or anything. It it had a bit of a rake, so which I liked on it. Um, the front end was just uh, lowered level. I think they were just a V8, the 350 Chev coils up for the Jag that you buy, and that sort of dumped the front down a fair bit, which is good. And, um, yeah, I painted that one myself. That was about the fourth car I painted. I painted that one sort of a patina, a patina like a fake patina, because I got bits off other trucks for that one, and they weren't all the same colour. So next best thing was the old fake patina. Yeah, and it it came up pretty well. I, I I'm a I'm a bit of a uh, a patina guy, and I see some fake patina builds, and I, I really shake my head and cringe a bit because 
there's certain spots where you you get wear on a vehicle, and there's certain spots you don't. And, and I think you did a pretty good job on that one. Yeah, that was yeah first time I tried it, so yeah, it seemed to work out alright. Yeah, a lot of people thought it was rust from a distance, and yeah, a lot of people you get the comments at car shows, when are you going to paint it, or what colour are you going to paint it? And, yeah, so it sort of worked for that one, which I was pretty happy about. Yeah. Yep. And you, you did a bit of custom work on the guards on that truck, didn't you? You, you put different guards and, yeah. and welded in the arches? Yeah, that, those guards were off the bigger truck. The nose cone and those front guards were off the AR160, which uh, they have a big 20-inch wheel, and the wheel arch is just a round arch. So I cut the 110 um, guards apart where the wheel arch is, about yeah, a couple of inches above the Bloody wheel arch and then backing up and then just welded them in and uh, shortened the back of the uh, guards as well. Just if that was a uh, 160 guard on the truck at the moment, the guard would be in the ground a couple of inches. So they're, they're real long yeah. on the back edge. Yeah. And and were the guard were the guards on the 110 when you got it? Were they cactus or or why did you swap that? Uh, I just wanted the fatter look, like the front, like it made the truck six inches wider. Yeah. And I just liked that. Because I had the 15 by 6 uh, front rims on it, those um, Koi's C5s, and it sort of made the truck look extra wider because the wheels were in, and then the back wheels were just the yeah, 15 by 10s, which would, took they went right out to the um, running boards and the and the tray. So just yeah, yeah, I just like that look. Some people don't, but I do. Yeah, yeah no, I think I think it came out well. And so, was that the first time that you put Jag gear into a vehicle? Yes, yeah, that was the first time. A mate in town has had an earlier um, international, the KB, um, and he put Jag in it, and he said it's the way to go because everything's on your front end, and you got a full piston caliper, you got a bigger disc, and a HQ Chevy stud, and your rack is on your front end. So yeah. It's all just bolt straight under there. You don't have to add anything extra to it. So, and you can get bags for them or, or cool, lowered coils. You can do whatever you like, sort of thing, with them. They do handle pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. They're a bit of a favourite with the um, with the hot rod crew. Probably starting to get harder to find now. I think eventually uh, the hot rod is going to cut all the jags up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Especially that, that early series, the series one, two, and three. Yeah, they're getting a bit hard to come by here. There's still a lot of um, XJ40s, but they're a different setup, a bit different. But yeah, so it's a, yeah, just a bit of a oh, so way it goes. You get these popular yeah. things. Be like in America with your Crown Vic front ends, I suppose. Like, a lot of them use them. Yeah, the yeah, the other one. Guys. The other one I've seen used here a bit as well as the L three hundred, the Mitsubishi van um, front yeah, ends, but they yep. they don't they don't they look, look quite bit, as good. I don't think. No, no, they look a bit light to me, like just the, in the geometry of them, not the, all, the, all yeah. the parts. If you know, yeah, yeah. I had one. I had a look at one of them, and then yeah. So I bought a couple of Jag sedan sedans, so they seem to work out all right. So. Yeah, that's cool. And so you've just originally. Um, You've just recently sold that truck. Was that something you needed to sell to to finance the uh, the scout, or was it it just sort of happened? No, nah, my car before that I had a VG Valiant um, that I did a few shows and everything. It, it um, 
was the money for the scout, but the truck sort of, I've got another project coming up, um, so I think the money from the truck will go into that. So it's going to be something different as well, something a bit early ordinary. Yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta, you, you got to get the... You get the most unique award next year. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it'll be next year. It might be the year after, I think. But, yeah, you can see what happens. I'll get a bit of fun out of this one first. And then, yeah, build the other yeah, one. definitely. Using this one. So tell us a bit about the Scout. So it's a, it's a 61 um, Scout 80. So they were a little short wheelbase, two-door, full-wheel drive. Is that right? Yes, they were, yeah, 100 inch. Yeah, it's actually 62 in Australia, but they're 61 in America. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, they're 100 inch wheelbase, so they're fairly short and they're fairly narrow. Um, yeah, they were a four wheel drive. They were half an eight from the factory, so they were eight cylinder, a V8 motor, but one bank was missing. So they were, like, I think they call them half eight, uh, 152 cubic inch, which is half of the 304 V8. Um, yeah, a bit, bit of a unique motor. You look at the um, distributor, and it still has the eight on the cap, but every second one's just blocked off. Blocked off. And um, yeah, they're pretty. I'd, I never had the motor apart, the original motor, but I think they've still got the V8. Well, the V8 heads on them, and I think the crank could be V8, but I don't know what they do for every second on the two main caps together or something. But yeah, but it's all yeah. It's just a V8 just with one bank missing. Um, yeah, four-wheel drive factory. Tell us the story about how you found that. Where, where did that come from? Uh, from where I live, it's two blocks away in a shed. It was in a little dairy. Um, I did a job for the, a lady that was the neighbour, um, and then I knew that the fellow had some vehicles around his yard, so I went down the back of her yard, and I just saw through this dairy wall he had 44-gallon drums up the side of it. I just saw the back of the roof and that and that distinctive kink in the back window. I knew what it was once I saw that. And um, he jumped the fence, went and have a look and got the guy's number from the lady. And, yeah, he sold it to me. So he had it for 30, 29 years, I think he had it for in the shed, in the dairy. And, um, yeah, he was going to do it up. He had it for five years and then he took off the road. He was going to do it up but never did. Um, so that's virtually what saved the body. Um, the body's sort of like the patina's not too bad, but it's just mainly the, um, if you see it in some angles, it's got water marks down the side of it from the condensation from the dairy roof over the years, which is really cool. But, um, yeah, it was, it was all there except for the seat and one front indicator. Um, yeah, so. As, as you see in the pictures, it's all pretty well original. I kept the outside exactly the same as it was. The only thing I've done to the body is just put two holes um, in front of the back wheel in the, in the body. This That's where the exhausts are going to come out. Um, but the rest of it's pretty well how I found it. I've just um, got onto a company in America just to get the, lens, the rear taillight lenses and the front indicator lenses and wiper motors and stuff like that. And yeah, he's got all in well, International scouts are a little bit bigger in America. You can get a lot more parts over there than you can in Australia. Yeah. So, so, but they lift them all in America. So, yeah. And is it 
just a matter of coincidence that that you're sort of doing two inters in a row are uh, international something that you've you've always had a bit of a soft spot for or or you just came across this one well i just i did have a soft spot for the ars uh, i'd like them the um, pickups and the al um and then because the army had the one down there i'd I was always going to get it one day, but never got around to it. Always doing other things and doing something else. But yeah, and then once I saw this scout, I thought, yeah, I'm going to grab that and go from there. It was too good to leave there, and it's um, yeah, come up all right, I think. Yeah. So, so straight away when you saw that in the dairy, in your head, had you had you started to picture that as a slammed airbag? Uh, car or truck or truck or or at that stage was it just all right? This is a cool little four wheel drive. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it and see what I do. Yeah, I'm not a four wheel drive person, so I wasn't gonna go that track. <laughs> I was gonna, definitely gonna go two wheel drive with it. But yeah, I always thought just the body. Once I took it off the chassis and sat it on the ground, I thought, yeah, that looks pretty good. So I sort of made the everything to suit cut out all the back and the, and the wheel arches on the, in the engine bay and then just build a chassis underneath it, had it up on a table and, and just built the chassis underneath that. And then, well, I, actually, I bought the wheels first because I wanted the bigger wheels. So I bought the, the, those coys, um, what do they call them, C33s, I think they were, just the, the flat, like they look like a steel wheel, like the Detroit. Like the smoothies, yeah. Yep. Yeah, like the smoothies, yeah, they are. Alloy wheel. Um, so I bought some 18 by 7s and um, 20 by 10s and then got tyres fitted on them and then sat them under there and worked the, worked everything around that. So and then just built this chassis and then then I got the Jag suspension for it, which I had to narrow the front end 185 mil. And then because I'm doing it all myself, I didn't really want to muck around with the rack. So I went out and measured a couple other cars and I'm using a Suzuki Swift. Um, just a manual rack, no power, and it's the right width. And I just put the jag ends on it, and it's yeah, just straight in for width-wise. And then the rear end, I took 125 mil out of each side, so 250 mil out of it just to get those tyres under there. So yeah, you made up a couple of jigs just to to do your bottom swing arms for your jag. So I cut them out and then just yeah, wound the back in like a vice and then just welded them up and slow sleeved them and then, and then welded them up and then you had the drive shafts made it the same sort of jig for them so i spun them on a on a um, lathe they seemed to be pretty good for well good enough for me yeah for balancing yeah. and yeah. and so the 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 chassis is just an rhs chassis built from scratch yeah, yeah, 100 by 50 by 4. Yep. I tried to go one piece as much as I could, um, but then I fish plated all the joints, so tried to keep that one side together, either your top or your bottom. So, Tony, uh, the, the early scouts, they came with three different roof options. You, you've got a bit of a, like a little ute set up. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got the half, I call them a half, half roof half cab and then they had the station wagon roof they were all removable and then they had a sports top which was like a like a fastback sort of a thing set up it was pretty cool 
and um, yeah, they all come off, and then you're um, in the early ones, the top of the door glass comes out, and the top frame comes off, so you can have them with the roof off. You've got no glass there. Whereas the later ones, they had the um, wind down window. These had the sliders, and then the, the later model had that quarter glass, so which always stays there. So when you put your front windscreen down and you haven't got a roof on, you've got these two quarter glasses sticking up in the middle of nowhere. Whereas these early ones don't have that, so which makes them a little bit, bit more unique. They look a bit more like a bathtub. Yeah. So with that thing slammed to the ground, you could probably do the old. Um... Was it a Dukes of Hazard trick where they slide under the semi truck and back out the other side? Pretty well, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's, yeah. It could be done. Yes, well, she's not real tall when you when you fold the windscreen down. Yeah. yeah. And and to to get that laying as low as you've done, you've obviously done something to the body. You've done a bit of channeling in there, have you? Yeah, I cut the. Cut the rear out of it and lifted it up to the top of the um, sides of the quarter panels, and then the engine engine bay I've taken the inner in the tubs up about three inches so they get the front wheels under there when she's sitting on the ground, and then I've channeled the um, under the seat over the top of the new chassis. Yeah, it was all done. Worked out pretty good. Yeah, it's all they're all pretty square square cuts on these things. Nothing's real. They're more of a agricultural sort of a vehicle than a than a round sort of moulded car, which worked out good. Yeah, it makes it a bit easier for fabricating. So have you done all that sheet metal work yourself? Yeah, yes, I've done all that myself. Got the um, the main floor bits were the only thing I got bent up. I bought them, I just bought through the engineering shop here. They were just, um, I think they were five mil thick uh, wall, um, just bent up steel for where the chassis comes through and, and welded them into the floor. Yeah, no, it looks really good. And so, and, and what was that a case of just drilling out um, spot welds and shifting it all up and re-welding it in effectively? Yeah, pretty well was, yeah, or just um, cuts cuts or spot welds, yeah. It sort of made it a lot easier. It's mainly cuts in the back. I cut the whole back out and lifted it up, but, yeah, in the, in the engine bay it was mainly the spot welds. And then just yeah, raise it up. Yeah, it's it's amazing the amount of work you've you've got to go to with some of these vehicles. Firstly, to make it look like you've done nothing, and and secondly, to get yourself down that low. Mm, yeah, that's pretty good with a scout because no one knows what they look like anyway. <laughs> Not too many around, yeah, so which is one good thing. Pretty pretty rare beast around. I'm six foot four, so I don't know that how I'd go sitting in that thing. Yeah, no, it's yeah, probably struggle a little bit. Yeah, mm. I'm only five eight, so I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, and so it's it's on airbags. Tell us a bit about the setup there. How did how did you go about all that? Yeah, that was just a kit, um, just an airbag kit. Got through um, eBay. It's just an airbag air ride specialties uh, kit. Just the I think the SS five um, slam specialty bags in the front and rear. Um, I think it's a um, it's got the AccuAir um, controller, the gauges and the quad gauge for the front and rear, yeah, all electric switches. So just kept it sort of simple, so you don't really notice it in the in the dash and that. Um, 
Yeah, and it's all tucked up under the back, under the tray. So when you open the target, it's all all just there, just behind the diff. All the um, tanks and the compressor. So is that like the? Has he got the E level with the three settings, or is it? No, individual? no, it's an early model. Yeah, it's an individual one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you hear they've just gone bankrupt? Yes, I did. Yeah. Bit of a shame. Bit of a shame. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I I imagine someone will come in and and buy them out and and keep the technology because it's it's such a, a world class product. But um, yes, yeah, crazy yes. to see. It's a top quality yeah, product too. Like everything, everything in the kit was just yeah. There's nothing dodgy about any of it, so it's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I'm not bagging my truck at the moment, but the next one I build, I probably will. And and just to have that um, what they call the CVT with the with the uh, compressor inside the tank, so it's nice and quiet. I think it's such a great setup. Yeah, yeah. I was going to go that way with the E level and the next one. So yeah. Just that when I got this one it was a couple of years ago and I got the kit, so it's sort of like all that was coming in and I wasn't too sure about it. So, but now that I've seen it and heard people that have had it, it's the way to go, I think. Yeah, certainly, certainly seems pretty good. So this this uh, scout, it's called the boy. Is that right? The boy. The boy, yeah, as in the boy scout. Um, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> I. I think there's a there's two people either name their vehicles or they don't name their vehicles and um, yeah I think that's always an interesting thing. So your last truck was called Cletus. What was behind that? Um, just looked like a Cletus, bit of a um, yeah, just a bit of a you know, redneck sort of a truck, I suppose. Something that was just in a paddock. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just an American name. I was going to name an Australian name, but I couldn't find anything decent, so went with Cletus. Yeah, that works. Um, now, what's what's motivating this thing down the road, mate? Is it it's got a small block in it, or, or what have you put in this Scout? Yeah, it's just a small block Chevy, just a 350. Uh, it's just a Camaro block, um, just running uh, alloy heads on it. Uh, just a Edelbrock Performer manifold and Edelbrock Carby. Just, yeah, and um, a bit of a cam, not too much, just a small one. Uh, it'll have straight through pipes. It'll have um, just a couple of 12-inch hot dogs on it, two and a, two, two and a half-inch system. Um, that'll just be dumped out before the back wheels. Um, it'll be pretty short, and that's the exhaust system. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just use some block, block hugger headers because I couldn't use extractors. There's one enough room there. Um, and just run the power glide behind it with a low car shifter. Yeah, just to keep that sort of look, just with the black shifter and yeah. No, it looks really good. And is it is it drivable at the moment, or is it still still in the final yes. parts of the build? Yeah, final parts of the build. I haven't got the exhaust done yet. I've done a couple of videos that are um, on Facebook and that. They um yeah. It's still it's still really loud because it's got no exhaust on it. But exhaust is the next thing. I'm going to try and do it myself. But if not, yeah, I've done pretty well everything on it myself except for the uh, seat and the um, uh, drive shaft, the the tar shaft. That was the only two things I had to get done. So pretty no, happy good. with that. And is the, is the seat just been 
redone the original one or have you put something else in there? No, I didn't have the original one. It's a, um, out of a early Holden Rodeo. I think they're about an 82 model Holden Rodeo, just a fairly thin, narrow seat. And it fitted perfect in the, in the width. Just the height, the height of the back of it, I had to chop it down um, two, two and a half inches and then got it recovered and then just notched the front out for the shifter so it comes back. So, yeah, but, yeah, it seems to suit it. It's sort of, yeah, I didn't want to go too ratty on the inside. Just wanted to make the outside stand out more. Yep. And what, what steering column has it got? It's the original steering column to to the shaft that was pretty well. Um, the Suzuki Swift shaft comes up, and then it goes on to a bit of a Jag one, and then it's um, standard international. Because uh, the international scout, they have the steering box out the front. It's um, sort of hangs under the front of the car, and the shaft goes right down through. So you can basically cut it wherever you want and just put the end on, and then just yeah. So it's just cut pretty well. Um, probably just opposite where your master cylinder is, and then it goes from there down to your um, yeah. rack. No, that's cool. And so, have you have you taken it up and down the road a bit? Uh, just my driveway <laughs> and the neighbour's paddock. <laughs> I haven't had it on the road yet, no. But um, she's a bit, a bit too loud for that at the moment. But yeah, see what happens. I'll um, yeah. get this exhaust done and then. Yeah, you might take it for a run. Nah, that's cool. Um, so, are you still in the car club? Are you still part of the the crew that you were you were in? No, it's it's um, long gone that club, which was a good club. But um, there is another club in town that I'm in because I had the car before Cletus. It was um, on um, Club Rego, so I had to be in a club. But I've just stuck with them just for going to shows and that. We all sort of hang out together, so it's pretty good. But I didn't have Cletus on Club Rego. It was on Full Rego, so I could just take it anywhere. But um, yeah, if I do get this one engineered, it'll be it'll be definitely club. So yeah, I don't think I'll get it on full. Yeah, it's probably not not the thing you're going to drive every day, is it? No, no. no. But the next one, the one that I'm building, I'm thinking about building next. It'll probably be on full rego and engineered, and hopefully bagged if I can get a kit. Yeah, when the time comes. And will will that have an I and a H on the front of it? Um. At the moment, no, unless I can find something else. <laughs> it's actually got comma on the front of it at the moment, the one that I'm looking at, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a guy not far from where I grew up down in Glen Rowan, a guy named Renee who, who builds some really nice hot rod stuff and he's doing a comma at the moment for a guy and they're, uh, they're a really cool little truck, really quite a short, yep. um, short front on it. I, I think it's like a 47 or something fairly early. Oh, okay. Um, yep. Long but, nose. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, but it doesn't. It's got a quite a short stubby nose on it. So it's yeah. it's not a COE, but it, it almost seems like that because it's it's got quite a short nose. But they're putting – they're actually going to extend it out. They're doing a bit they're, – they're doing quite a bit of custom stuff to it. But it was a oh, – okay. it was the guy's grandfather's truck, similar sort of situation. So he's – um. He's trying to get it back on the road as a as a tribute to his grandfather, so that's a pretty cool build. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. A lot of those um, early Pommy um, long nose trucks weren't real long. Little, like your little Bedfords and that, they were all short. But yeah, mm. this one, this one's the cab over, the one that I'm looking at. But yeah, see what happens. Yeah, and and are you thinking you do that as like a a car hauler or as just a sort of a shorter truck? Just shorter, yeah, just a shorter one, I think. Yeah. Yep. A bit like they're doing in America now with their cab over trucks. Yeah, and just putting like a, a one-ton tub on the back of it or something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be cool. So that'd is that be... something that you've you've got hold of or that you've just got your eye on? Um, I can get it if I want it sort of thing <laughs> yep. at the moment. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. And um, and what – have you been have you been and done any overseas shows? Have you travelled around a bit or done any of that sort of stuff? Uh, I went to America in 2016. Yeah, went to a few car shows over there. It wasn't when anything big was on, but um, oh, I did go to Pomona Swap um, oh, in yeah. uh, June, uh, May, in May yeah, in 2016. But yeah, it was mainly just to go see my wife's family and that over there. So that was pretty good. I went to um, a couple of the um, American pickers, both their stores over there. It was pretty neat to go to. And I went to uh, Foose's shop in Huntington Beach. He wasn't there, but checked out his shop, and it was pretty neat. He had a couple of good cars going. He had that big, long, oh, I forget which one it was now, the big long Cadillac, I think it was, he was building for somebody. But, yeah, it was pretty neat. Yeah, it's interesting to check. I... I've actually emailed um, Chip a, a few times about trying to get him on the podcast, and uh, I haven't I haven't heard a single thing back from him. But I I emailed. Um, well, we had uh, Del Yushenko on the podcast, Delmo Speed and Custom, yep. um, out of Burbank. <laughs> so yeah, when I went over to America, I, I sort of picked three three guys over there that I thought would be really cool to get on board, and uh, Delmo got straight back to me, and he was amazing. Um, haven't heard heard anything from uh, Chip's side of things, but I think a lot of those businesses that just goes to the secretary and they just decide whether they're going to flick things on or not. And yeah. and I sent one through to uh, Steve Darnell that does the, um, the Vegas Rat Rods or Sin City, whatever we call yeah. it here. And yeah. um, they were really good. They got back to me and basically said, look, um, he'd be interested in chatting to you at some stage, but during the time I was going to be there that he'd be filming. And um, so that that was interesting. But we ended up going through Vegas and, and stopped in at his shop. And, um, yeah, I ended up catching up with him and come out and had a good chat. And I, I had a 12-valve Cummins in the back of my um, rental truck that I just bought. And uh, he was trying to wrangle it off me because he needed one for a build. So, but, um, yeah, yeah his, his shop was amazing to check out and, you know, look at some of the builds that, that those guys do is, is crazy. So hoping that he'll come and chat to us one day. He's he's still keen. Um, I think their schedule's just out of control. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about we're doing thinking about doing another trip next year to America, but we'll see we'll see what happens with this situation at the moment. But yeah, we were thinking about doing a few more shops and shows and that going a bit different time of the year. But yeah, that'd be Vegas would be one of the ones I think. Yeah, it's quite an experience. I mean, it's funny. I, I grew, I've actually grown up most of my life playing poker, and I, I played a lot of 
poker in casinos around the world in different places. And I used to play online when it was legal. And I always had this big dream to go to Vegas. And and now that I've been there, it, it really, I don't really know that I'm in a hurry to go back. It's it's a little bit of a yeah. shit hole. Yeah. But there's some cool stuff around. I mean, driving around Arizona and, and Texas, Alabama, up, you know, into Kansas and those sort of areas, there's, there's so many old vehicles laying around in paddocks. It's just unbelievable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good fun. Um, all right, mate. Well, look, it's been fantastic to to learn a bit about this builder. It really um, it caught my eye when I first saw it on Instagram, and I was I was really impressed. I'm I've actually got a uh, 1977 D1410, which is a dual cab international yep. dual drive. Mm-hmm. Um, we got one of them one of them here that I'm doing for a customer. Um, he's he's got. The family and the caravan, and they want to. They want a cool old truck that they can take the whole family and tow the caravan around in. So we're we're doing a bit of a um a build of that, putting a, a just an LS engine with some Commodore running gear on the original chassis. So yeah, the internationals, you know, they're not as popular as as a lot of the other trucks, but gee, there's some really nice ones out there. Yeah, there is. Yeah, they made a lot of them too, so there should be still a couple of them left. Yeah, yeah, and and quite interchangeable with the Dodgers. Like, I, I know a lot of the Dodge stuff. I think it almost looks like coming out of the same factory. Yes, yeah, well, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my mm-hmm. AR was made by Chrysler, the cab. Yeah, that factory made by Chrysler. So yeah, they got the stamp on the on the chassis on the firewall. Yeah, I guess there's a lot. Of, like my, I got a 1950 Chevy pickup truck that I'm building, and that. That's a Holden built truck, so yeah, it was all it was all being rebadged and built differently over here. So Tony, if people want to check out um, your your vehicles and and check out what you do on Instagram, what, what's the best Instagram for them to check you out on? Um, I got a couple of private ones, but the, I got an open one at the moment, which is um, so grounded Queensland INC. But um, Rustin Brothers is me. Um, private one but i can you know let people in and i've got ih yeah. loud it's mainly just car shows and events that were around that it's sort of not happening too much at the moment with everything going on yeah yeah so if they go to at so underscore grounded underscore queensland underscore inc they can check out most of your work yeah all the stuff that I'm going to put up publicly, yeah. Yeah. And obviously they can uh, check out the hashtag ISO Truck Show and um, and you feature in there as well. Yes, yep, yep. And check out all the other ones yeah. too. They're pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's just, um, you know, I, I bang on a little bit about the pickup trucks down under. John's done such a great job with that Instagram page and um, just to be able to see all the, the huge variety of trucks just from, you know, stock F- F100s all the way through to, full custom builds like yours, it's it's a really refreshing um, to be able to check it all out. Yeah, even even like the Dats and Utes and stuff like that. Even I think there's an Amarok on there too, which is pretty cool. That um, two-door, if you – yeah, it's bagged. It's a nice-looking ride. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. A, a lot of the mini-truck guys snuck in on the truck show, which was, which was pretty cool to see. I guess they um, – 
that's not an area I've ever had much to do with, but there's some really, really cool, uh, you know, Toyota Hiluxes and, and rodeos and all sorts of things in there. Yep, yeah, yeah. No, they're pretty cool. cool. All right, mate. Well, thanks again uh, for your time. Congratulations on uh, on taking out the uh, most unique class in the truck show and uh, hope we get to see the little scout at more truck shows in the future. Yeah, should do. Thanks for that, eh? Thanks for all your help in that too, with the um, show and that and, the, and your podcast. No, no, it's just a bit of fun and, and the more – the more things we can share with each other and you know it it'd be interesting to probably have a chat to you again in the future i, I want to do a specific podcast on on using jag uh front and rear end equipment in in builds and you've obviously got quite a bit of uh experience with that now and, and the ability to narrow them so it might be something i'll uh i'll hit you up for in the future yeah no worries that'll be good cool all right, Tony. Well, thanks for your time, and uh, and we'll see you around. Okay, Michael. Thanks for that, eh? Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general, and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day, even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket. You'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.